Part four, section five of the freedom of the will by Jonathan Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Objections that this scheme of necessity renders all means and endeavors for avoiding sin or obtaining virtue and holiness vain and to no purpose and that it makes men no more than mere machines in affairs of morality and religion answered armenians say if sin and virtue come to pass by a necessity consisting in a sure connection of causes and effects antecedents and consequence it can never be worth while to use any means or endeavours to obtain the one and avoid the other seeing no endeavours can alter the futurity of the event which has become necessary by a connection already established but i desire that this matter may be fully considered and that it may be examined with a thorough strictness whether it will follow that endeavours and means in order to avoid or obtain any future thing must be more in vain on the supposition of such a connection of antecedents and consequence than if the contrary be supposed for endeavours to be in vain is for them not to be successful that is to say for them not eventually to be the means of the thing aimed at which cannot be but in one of these two ways either first that although the means are used yet the event aimed at does not follow or secondly if the event does follow it is not because of the means or from any connection or dependence of the event on the means the event would have come to pass as well without the means as with them if either of these two things are the case then the means are not properly successful and are truly in vain the success or non-success of means in order to an effect or their being in vain or not in vain consists in those means being connected or not connected with the effect in such a manner as this viz that the effect is with the means and not without them or that the being of the effect is on the one hand connected with means and the want of the effect on the other hand is connected with the want of the means if there be such a connection as this between means and end the means are not in vain the more there is of such a connection the further they are from being in vain and the less of such a connection the more they are in vain now therefore the question to be answered in order to determine whether it follows from this doctrine of the necessary connection between foregoing things and consequent ones that means used in order to any effect are more in vain than they would be otherwise is whether it follows from it that there is less of the forementioned connection between means and effect that is whether on the supposition of there being a real and true connection between antecedent things and consequent ones there must be less of a connection between means and effect than on the supposition of there being no fixed connection between antecedent things and consequent ones and the very stating of this question is sufficient to answer it it must appear to every one that will open his eyes 
that this question cannot be affirmed without the grossest absurdity and inconsistence means are foregoing things and effects are following things and if there were no connection between foregoing things and following ones there could be no connection between means and end and so all means would be wholly vain and fruitless for it is only by virtue of some connection that they become successful it is some connection observed or revealed or otherwise known between antecedent things and following ones that directs in the choice of means and if there were no such thing as an established connection there could be no choice as to means one thing would have no more tendency to an effect than another there would be no such thing as tendency in the case all those things which are successful means of other things do therein prove connected antecedents of them and therefore to assert that a fixed connection between antecedents and consequence makes means vain and useless or stands in the way to hinder the connection between means and end is just so ridiculous as to say that a connection between antecedents and consequence stands in the way to hinder a connection between antecedents and consequence nor can any supposed connection of the succession or train of antecedents and consequence from the very beginning of all things the connection being made already sure and necessary either by established laws of nature or by these together with a decree of sovereign immediate interpositions of divine power on such and such occasions or any other way if any other there be i say no such necessary connection of a series of antecedents and consequence can in the least tend to hinder but that the means we use may belong to the series and so may be some of those antecedents which are connected with the consequence we aim at in the established course of things endeavours which we use are things that exist and therefore they belong to the general chain of events all the parts of which chain are supposed to be connected and so endeavours are supposed to be connected with some effects or some consequent things or other and certainly this does not hinder but that the events they are connected with may be those which we aim at and which we choose because we judge them most likely to have a connection with those events from the established order and course of things which we observe or from something in divine revelation let us suppose a real and sure connection between a man having his eyes open in the clear daylight with good organs of sight and seeing so that seeing is connected with his opening his eyes and not seeing with his not opening his eyes and also the like connection between such a man attempting to open his eyes and his actually doing it the supposed established connection between these antecedents and consequence let the connection be never so sure and necessary certainly does not prove that it is in vain for a man in such circumstances to attempt to open his eyes in order to seeing his aiming at that event and the use of the means being the effect of his will does not break the connection or hinder the success so that the objection we are upon does not lie against the doctrine of the necessity of events by a certainty of connection and consequence on the contrary it is truly forcible against the armenian doctrine of contingence and self-determination which is inconsistent with such a connection where there be no connection between those events wherein virtue and vice consist and anything antecedent then there is no connection between these events and any means or endeavours used in order to them and if so then those means must be in vain 
the less there is of connection between foregoing things and following ones so much the less there is between means and end endeavours and success and in the same proportion are means and endeavours ineffectual and in vain it will follow from armenian principles that there is no degree of connection between virtue or vice in any foregoing event or thing or in other words that the determination of the existence of virtue or vice does not in the least depend on the influence of anything that comes to pass antecedently as its cause means or ground because so far as it is so it is not from self-determination and therefore so far there is nothing of the nature of virtue or vice and so it follows that virtue and vice are not at all in any degree dependent upon or connected with as any foregoing event or existence its cause ground or means and if so then all foregoing means must be totally in vain hence it follows that there cannot in any consistence with the armenian scheme be any reasonable ground of so much as a conjecture concerning the consequence of any means and endeavours in order to escaping vice or obtaining virtue or any choice or preference of means as having a greater probability of success by some than others either from any natural connection or dependence of the end on the means or through any divine constitution or revealed way of god bestowing or bringing to pass these things in consequence of any means endeavours prayers or deeds conjectures in this latter case depend on a supposition that god himself is the giver or determining cause of the events sought but if they depend on self-determination then god is not the determining or disposing author of them and if these things are not of his disposal then no conjecture can be made from any revelation he has given concerning any method of his disposal of them yea on these principles it will not only follow that men cannot have any reasonable ground of judgment or conjecture that their means and endeavours to obtain virtue or avoid vice will be successful but they may be sure they will not they may be certain that they will be in vain and that if ever the thing which they seek comes to pass it will not be at all owing to the means they use for means and endeavours can have no effect at all in order to obtain the end but in one of these two ways either one through a natural tendency and influence to prepare and dispose the mind more to virtuous acts either by causing the disposition of the heart to be more in favour of such acts or by bringing the mind more into the view of powerful motives and inducements or two by putting persons more in the way of god's bestowment of the benefit but neither of these can be the case not the latter for as has been just now observed it does not consist with the armenian notion of self-determination which they suppose essential to virtue that god should be the bestower or which is the same thing the determining disposing author of virtue not the former for natural influence and tendency suppose causality connection and necessity of event which are inconsistent with armenian liberty a tendency of means by biasing the heart in favour of virtue or by bringing the will under the influence and power of motives in its determinations are both inconsistent with armenian liberty of will consisting in indifference and sovereign self-determination as has been largely demonstrated before the more full removal of this prejudice against the doctrine of necessity which has been maintained as though it tended to encourage a total neglect of all endeavours as vain the following things may be considered the question is not whether men may not thus improve this doctrine we know that many true and wholesome doctrines are abused 
but whether the doctrine gives any just occasion for such an improvement or whether on the supposition of the truth of the doctrine such a use of it would not be unreasonable if any shall affirm that it would not but that the very nature of the doctrine is such as gives just occasion for it it must be on this supposition namely that such an invariable necessity of all things already settled must render the interposition of all means endeavours conclusions or actions of ours in order to the obtaining any future end whatsoever perfectly insignificant because they cannot in the least alter or vary the course and series of things in any event or circumstance all being already fixed unalterably by necessity and that therefore it is folly for men to use any means for any end but their wisdom to save themselves the trouble of endeavours and take their ease no person can draw such an inference from this doctrine and come to such a conclusion without contradicting himself and going counter to the very principles he pretends to act upon for he comes to a conclusion and takes a course in order to an end even his ease or saving himself from trouble he seeks something future and uses means in order to a future thing even in his drawing up that conclusion that he will seek nothing and use no means in order to anything in future he seeks his future ease and the benefit and comfort of indolence if prior necessity that determines all things makes vain all actions or conclusions of ours in order to anything future then it makes vain all conclusions and conduct of ours in order to our future ease the measure of our ease with the time manner and every circumstance of it is already fixed by all determining necessity as much as anything else if he says within himself what future happiness or misery i shall have is already in effect determined by the necessary course and connection of things therefore i will save myself the trouble of labour and diligence which cannot add to my determined degree of happiness or diminish my misery but will take my ease and will enjoy the comfort of sloth and negligence such a man contradicts himself he says the measure of his future happiness and misery is already fixed and he will not try to diminish the one nor add to the other but yet in his very conclusion he contradicts this for he takes up this conclusion to add to his future happiness by the ease and comfort of his negligence and to diminish his future trouble and misery by saving himself the trouble of using means and taking pains therefore persons cannot reasonably make this improvement of the doctrine of necessity that they will go into a voluntary negligence of means for their own happiness for the principles they must go upon in order to this are inconsistent with their making any improvement at all of the doctrine for to make some improvement of it is to be influenced by it to come to some voluntary conclusion in regard to their own conduct with some view or aim but this as has been shown is inconsistent with the principles they pretend to act upon in short the principles are such as cannot be acted upon at all or in any respect consistently and therefore in every pretence of acting upon them or making any improvement at all of them there is a self-contradiction as to that objection against the doctrine which i have endeavoured to prove that it makes men no more than mere machines i would say that notwithstanding this doctrine man is entirely perfectly and unspeakably different from a mere machine in that he has reason and understanding with a faculty of will and so is capable of volition and choice 
in that his will is guided by the dictates or views of his understanding and in that his external actions and behaviour and in many respects also his thoughts and the exercises of his mind are subject to his will so that he has liberty to act according to his choice and do what he pleases and by means of these things is capable of moral habits and moral acts such inclinations and actions as according to the common sense of mankind are worthy of praise esteem love and reward or on the contrary of disesteem detestation indignation and punishment in these things is all the difference from mere machines as to liberty and agency that would be any perfection dignity or privilege in any respect all the difference that can be desired and all that can be conceived of and indeed all that the pretensions of the armenians themselves come to as they are forced often to explain themselves though their explications overthrow and abolish the things asserted and pretended to be explained for they are forced to explain a self-determining power of will by a power in the soul to determine as it chooses or wills which comes to no more than this that a man has a power of choosing and in many instances can do as he chooses which is quite a different thing from that contradiction his having power of choosing his first act of choice in the case or if their scheme make any other difference than this between men and machines it is for the worse it is so far from supposing men to have a dignity and privilege above machines that it makes the manner of their being determined still more unhappy whereas machines are guided by an intelligent cause by the skilful hand of the workman or owner the will of man is left to the guidance of nothing but absolute blind contingence End of part four section five